that had a beard other than me all, all clean shaven they were all clean shaven all the time and you you know that they were going to be talked to if they if they showed a beard but i i got away with it because they thought i was you know a loose cannon somewhere you know in in human resources and so uh, they were, i was protected the bearded loose cannon uh of, i know hr yeah. <laughs> I, I was i was that so i just want to call attention to the fact jerry that you just shared with us that your beard is older than angie and i yes yes just a little bit <laughs> like there's something to be said for that yeah yeah that's yeah. great it's it's true oh my god i love that all right well i guess let's get started sure okay. let's do it Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, everybody, we're back with another show. I'm so happy to welcome uh, our live viewers and podcast listeners. I'm Chris Waite. I'm president of Career Crossroads. And if you're joining us live on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, or CXR.Works, I think we're broadcasting there live today. Uh, and it won't be too dangerous for you to text or type. Go ahead and drop a quick hello in the text box, the chat bot there, and let us know that you're dialed in. Feel free uh, also to add any social profiles that you might like to share uh, and where you'd like to connect with other listeners. Maybe you'll not only learn a little something today, but you might also make a new friend over the next 20 minutes. Uh, so uh, with that, I'm super excited about this week's guest because, well, I'm a fan. Uh, and quite honestly, I have not had a chance, uh, an opportunity to really catch up with her in what feels like ages. So let me welcome Angie Veros to the show. Well, hello, Chris. I was dancing in the background when I heard that music. You know, we go back and forth. I keep, should we get a new podcast intro? That is really the question because we've got that, oh, like it's got it's kind of catchy it is catchy it's That's catchy so good, though. and the voice is great too the voice voice over talent you can thank uh, you can thank fiverr for that that's great yeah i think 34 dollars. he does a great intro highly recommend it <laughs> that's fabulous. you write the script he nails it that's what happens good good well look angie uh for those who don't know you right and and what an incredible force you are ceo fan of uh, of asparagus sourcing princess uh why don't why don't you give us sort of a um an escalator pitch on who is angie veros and and why is she, you know why is she somebody we should be listening to today well um thank you for the kind words and uh, for being a fan i'm also a fan of yours chris um so uh, who am i i am a my, my escalator pitch uh stockbroker turned sourcer uh, i've been in the sourcing business for almost 20 years Wow, seems kind of great. Probably about as old as Jerry's beard. May well, maybe a little less older than Jerry's beard. Um, Jerry's in I, the green room, by the way. He could pop he in at any second. He could pop. Yeah, I'm a big fan, so he could pop in anytime. He might just be warning Jerry, so he makes sure he has his pants on. That might. Be <laughs> um, I've been uh, again sourcing for about 20 years. Uh, absolutely love love what I do. I am a big fan of asparagus as well. Does good for your, you know, does good for you. Um, all things. All things. All things good for you. 
and um, just absolutely love it, especially in today's environment with the, the rate that people are are hiring. Um, it's just fun, you know, sourcing right now for me and for what we do here at VIA is just a lot of fun. Um, and so I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with you today uh, talking a little bit about sourcing at scale. And um, yeah, it's exciting. So when you talk about sourcing at scale, when we use that phrase, right, like what what does that mean? Does it just mean you're just super busy? Like what what is that phrase even even supposed to conjure up for us? Yeah. Well, you know, when, when we said we were going to do a podcast, I thought, well, what, what can we talk about that's a little different and unique? And I thought, well, let's talk a little bit about what we do. So if you think about it, Chris, people have companies are hiring like crazy. I don't know what the amount of, you know, open roles are for each industry, but at some point there were over 300 and something thousand recruiter jobs, more than software engineers. I think it was a trend on, yeah. on Twitter and on Facebook and on LinkedIn. And so think about how many recs a person can carry, a recruiter can carry. Uh, can they can they work on five? Can they work on 10? Can they work on 20 at the same time and be successful at doing that? Um, I, don't, I don't know. And I, I would tend to say probably not. So sourcing at scale, um, I've developed, at least I think I've developed an, a, a different and unique model where we segment the, the responsibilities of what a recruiter does. And so we source and that's it. We have a team that sources and sources and research and sources and adds people to uh, CRM. And then we have a team that just engages with candidates and reaches out to them. And then we have a team that just manages the whole process. So if you think about getting, you know, having 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 requisitions, you provide all those roles to a sourcing team and they go out and they just find, and they're, they're specialists at just finding those people and then the engagement team goes out and reaches out to them, uh, personalized using technology, of course. And then you've got the project managers who are um, uh, managing the pro managing the process and and working with you know working with the hiring teams. Um, and then we also have the screening team. I forgot to mention that. So you've got sourcing, engagement, screening, and then you kind of package the whole deal up and and share with uh, share with the hiring managers. You could do that at scale. So, so, okay. So let's come back, let's come back to that, but I want to put, put, put in that statement for just a second. But what I think I hear you saying is not, um, not diluting the responsibilities or spreading the responsibilities across an entire recruiting team, but actually segmenting the work, right. And putting it in these buckets with these dedicated team members in them. So you've got a lead gen sourcing team. So all they do is fill the funnel, Correct. right. Research and funnel. And Correct. then I think you said you've, you then you've got folks who are doing the screening. Correct. And then you've got the folks who are, who are what? Cl closing the deal, doing the interviews and closing the deals? Um, so no. So you've got the people that are filling the funnel. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the project managers and uh, who are also engaging with the candidates. So let's say, for example, I'm managing a, pro I'm managing a project and I've got 10 roles. My sourcers are going out and they're finding all the folks and then we're putting them through an engagement Um whether it's reaching out to them via LinkedIn, whether it's reaching out to them, you know, through different channels, emails, whatnot. Um, and then we ask our candidates to actually book time directly with our, our screening team, and then they screen the candidates. So it's source, source, engage, screen, present. Source, engage, screen, present. And it's kind of like a production line. Okay. And you could, you could do it, you could do it at scale. So you figure you've got 20 sourcers and all they do eight to 10 hours a day. I mean, they get breaks too, but eight to 10 hours a day, they do their sourcing. 
um, you know, then you've got the, the rest of the team that's reaching out to them. So they don't have to go look for the talent. We already have the talent because the sourcing mm -hmm. team has already found them. And then they're getting booked directly on our screeners calendars. We, we do use uh, technology and they, um, they get booked, you know, we get 30, 40 screens booked per week. We screen the candidates and then we, we put them all together in a nice report and the client the client gets a chance to listen to their screens and decide whether they want to move forward or not. You still you still, still seem confused or maybe I'm not explaining it right. No, I'm not confused. I'm going to turn on the chat cuz there's there's some people dropping questions in there. So I want to turn it on. But I do I do want to ask a question. I'm probably going to pull Jerry out of the green room for this one. Yeah, bring him in. Cuz this is one of the topics that we talk about from time to time. There's probably not a month that goes by. I don't actually know how to make you guys the big picture. Sorry about that. There's not there's not a month that goes by that somebody does not ask Jerry and I, how many recs should a recruiter hold before it's too many recs? Like what what is the average volume? Here, see, Jerry knows what I'm getting what I'm getting at. What's the average number of recs that a recruiter should handle or a sourcer should handle? And so, Angie, I'm going to ask you first, and then I'm going to get I'm going to get Jerry to weigh in because I know he's got an opinion on average. Is there is there a magic number for your team, your organization, where you say, "Whoops, I need more people," or I need to to stop taking on the work? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I don't know what the perfect number is for one recruiter to manage a certain amount of recs full life cycle. I, I don't know, I, and I really think it depends on the seniority or the ex the experience that the recruiter has. I mean, I know, for example, I can manage 10, I have no problem, but someone else can manage 20, someone else could manage five. So we, we do put together some mathematics behind it. And we look at and we, we look at the, the roles and we say, okay, right now we have 150 positions as a team that we need to fill. And then we, we look at well, how much output do we want to give to the client? If the client is expecting 30 qualified screened candidates per week, how many people do we need to source? And so we kind of go back a little bit to Glenn Cathy's, you know, Boolean Black Belt funnel calculator. Uh, but we, we also put some in our- Glenn love too. We got to bring some Glenn back to the show. Yes, yes. Glenn, Glenn, is, Glenn is fabulous. I just talked to him last week. And so we look and we say, okay, so if we need to, if we need to send 30 qualified, screened, interested candidates to client A, mm -hmm. we probably need to source, I don't know, 1,100. I'm just making up that number. I don't know exactly what the number is off the top of my head, but I do have a spreadsheet, happy to share it with you. And you know, we could, we could definitely talk about this at some other point, but there's a mathematical number, a percentage of how many candidates we anticipate to come back to us as interested. And then of those interested candidates, will some of them book a time to talk to us? Some will drop off. Sometimes our calendars will get full. We also look at that percentage of how many people will come through. And so based on the math, then we determine how many profiles generally do our sourcers source per hour. And then we decide how much work we can take on. Because if we know that we source, let's say 12, I don't know, 15, 18 profiles per hour on average, uh, and our response rates are 5, 10, 30, 80%. You know, it, it really will vary on the industry and then on the type of role. We yep. look at it client by client, um, industry by industry, role by role, you know, depending on the niche. Uh, and then we determine what, what the outputs are. So does that kind of help? Does that answer a little bit of the, the question? Well, I, it does, Jerry. So, so now for you, I want you to weigh in, Jerry, on the, on the idea of how that gets calculated, that average. Oh, wait. Jerry, can't hear you, or or is it just me? 
He's doing interpretive dance. He's going to have to do the interpretive dance. Oh, no. Somehow, somehow he ah, ended up getting... Ah, there, ah, he is. there he is. <laughs> I found the mute button. It was great. It was great. No, I love this. And and so, so let, yeah, let me weigh in. But the, Miranda also has something that, that I think is important for this. So you, you talked about assembly line, essentially. And if you think about it, because if you go back to when they, you know, made cars and somebody, some team made one car at a time, the entire car, they couldn't really scale until Ford figured out how to create an assembly line and use math to really understand what it costs for each piece to be done if you could focus on, in on it. And so part of it is dividing the whole process up in manageable segments that can be measured and observed and then applying that math to figure out how many how much people can do in a given time frame. So all of that works to a point because when you scale and you put that many people into it and as you scale you, you begin to realize that that group of people focused in on an individual act may in fact burn out itself themselves in relation to the lack of diversity, if you will, in what they do. And so the challenge then in managing that entire process is how to keep those individuals engaged, uh, continuously learning, and or learning other aspects of a process so they appreciate what they're delivering to or what they got from. Um, and so all of those become then the management challenge that eats in a little bit to the product, the perfect productivity. If I was willing to work eight hours a day, every day, all year long, et cetera, doing one damn thing, uh, that's not going to work. You're going to turn people off at some point. So you've got to figure out how to use some portion of that in a way to engage and manage them in a way that you maintain retention, you know, you limit it, mitigate turnover, et cetera. And that's, that is a long-term problem we all have as you scale. No, no, absolutely. And so to solve that problem, you're right. I mean, me personally, if I could sit and source eight hours a day, I would. I, I love to source. I love to dig. If you just, if I have 84 open tabs and some music on in the background, no interruptions, I love to source, right? Some others may not. So that's why we have cross-functional teams. And we also segment our teams to particular clients because you're right you're not going to want to, you know, someone's not going to want to sit on the phone and screen people day after day after day, right? So they join the project teams so that they can learn a little bit more from there. We do have training. We have all different areas. We invited we invited one of our newer um, gals that joined us who's on the screening team to join one of our sourcing jams. So once a week, we have a sourcing jam where all of our sourcers get together and we, you know, we do play some music in the background and um, someone requested uh, Justin Bieber the other day. We have oh, some, no. I know oh, we have no. Was it that song where he sings about Doritos? I, I don't know what song da, it was. Da, da, I think da, that's da, the great learning. It's constantly innovating in terms of being able to say, did I, you know, did I um, segment these processes in a way that they can be done at scale. And then how much do I invest 
in keeping people engaged around what they're doing at this particular juncture, but also, you know, in incorporating the learning and incorporating all the other things that make them want to be there. It may be for some people, the social opportunities to, to build relationships with people at work and others just want to be in a dark room where they can, they can do what they do, uh, <laughs> you know, forever and don't bother me, God damn it. Um, yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing that I think makes, you know, building a business like what you're doing, um, not only challenging, but interesting. And obviously, you've gotten away from doing that individually, because you start to enjoy the managing of this process. Yeah, I mean, sorry, Chris, you're going to say something. Yeah, yeah, I got stuck in that, you know, when he's got no internet connection face, like, whoop. <laughs> I didn't know what he's sure. No, I was just going to ask. So Angie, I don't, how how big did the organization get, right? If I tell that you've put together before you really start looking at, to Jerry's point, like about the engagement and the growth of your own people, uh, while you're trying to balance that with the requirements of your customers. Like at what point, how often do you dip in to say they're at capacity, it's time to add more resources, or it's time to sort of dial down some of the expectations or deliverables? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So we, right now we are a team of 34. Five. Um, we started looking at this type of a model actually from the very beginning because uh, we just thought it would it would just be easier. I don't want to say easier. It would just allow us to scale. And, and I've always wanted us to grow. So we look at it regularly, Chris and Jerry. We look at what we have as far as our resources and capacity every day. Um, there is a, a you know a financial and an operational professional that we hired who works closely with us on on taking a look to see how much capacity we have and can we take on new projects. We also offer where. Uh, sometimes some clients don't want us to screen candidates and they want us to just find find candidates for them and make sure that they're interested and then pass them along and then they'll they'll do the sell on their side and then they'll walk the you know they'll walk their candidates through their process. So we do offer it at that point. Sometimes we push for that when we know we're not at capacity or when we know we're at capacity or we're just about to get to capacity. Mm -hmm. and, and then we just were hiring. I mean, we're hiring. We, we onboarded, I think, six new people in the last week. We'll onboard six more if we have. We'll onboard 12 more if we have. I mean, there's a big demand for what we're doing. And typically, once we start an engagement and we find and get candidates in, engaged, within two to three weeks, we start seeing people that come back as interested and our calendars fill up with bookings. So when we see that our calendars are getting full, and we need to add on additional resources, then we do. The other nice thing about, you know, separating it in this area is that you don't need a recruiter to manage a project. You need someone who can manage a project. They don't necessarily have to be a recruiter, but they have to have people skills, talk to clients. It's great if they have a recruitment background, but you don't necessarily need that. And then from a screening perspective, we don't need recruiters to screen. I mean, any business professional call center, anybody who's got some kind of business acumen. I mean, one of our top, uh, one of our top gals who's been screening with us for the last three years was, um, you know, stay at home mom for a couple of years and wanted to get back into the work environment. And she gets on, you know, she talks to candidates and they absolutely love her. So that's how we see that, that it does, it does move that way in scale. But again, the mathematical piece is quite interesting. Uh, it is, it is really interesting. And the numbers have to be correct. If they're not correct, then you're, you're, you're going to fail. Yeah, your host. Yeah. 
Well, exactly. I want to call back out the question. So Miranda Thomas had a question that came in and she, I think what she's asking is what, what has the experience with job satisfaction or retention been uh, when someone's job is just lead gen or just screening all day, that satisfaction yeah. piece. Yeah. So here at VIA, we're a step up culture. If you don't want to just screen all day long or source all day long, raise your hand and let us know what you want to do. Do you want to help with something else? Great. Do you want to manage a project? Great. We've had people that have joined us as sourcers who've learned the sourcing, who've wanted to engage more with candidates, who then screen, who wanted to engage with clients, who then talk to clients, who wanted to move into other different capacities, um, you know, lead some of the teams that we have. So you're, you're going to get bored, you know, Miranda, and to Jerry's point too, about, you know, if you're doing that all day long, some people do like that. Some people like to source all day. Some people like to screen all day, but there are other aspects of the job. You're not just sourcing all day long. You have meetings. We've got you know, our company meetings, we've got game nights, we've got other things that we do to, you know, to collaborate as a team. Um, and the moment, you know, I tell my team, the moment that you get bored or you want to do more, raise your hand, step up. You want to take something else on? Let's do it. Because if you don't want to be screening all day long, I mean, I personally can't, I can't screen all day long. I, I just can't. I could source all day long, but someone else likes to screen all day long. The other thing too about screening is, you manage your own schedule. We're a global company. I think we're in 12 different countries. So you manage your own schedule and you say, I've got availability every day from 12 until two and five until six. Great. If someone pops a screen on my calendar, I'll take it. But the other time I'll go walk my dog, play with my kids, do whatever I want. Right. So flexibility and, and um, you know, just let us know what you want to do and, and do, we'll do it. Well, and I think that plays nicely in corporate if you've got that freedom also, right? To be able to let people, you know, raise their hand and lean in and talk about that satisfaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. With 12 countries, you Which must ones? have to, yeah, you must have, no, it, 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 what occurs to me is you, you the, the class of worker then probably ranges from freelance to full-time to something else in relation to that. So you have to deal with all of the different ways to um, deal with privacy, deal with paying them, deal with whatever. Um, what what resources do you use to kind of put that all together? Yeah. So we, we hired a CFO, uh, COO, and uh, he joined us, who is fabulous. His name is Stephen, if he's listening. I'm not sure if he's listening, but he's our mathematical whiz. And uh, he takes care of all of that. So we use yeah. we use a couple of different tools. Now that you mentioned how to deal with all of that, shameless plug, we do use a platform called Deal, D-E-E-L. Um, and that takes care of all of our compliance, all of our documentation, all of our payroll. It all gets handled there. But you're right. It, it is, you know, when you're working with 12 different countries, um, you know, you're, you're paying people in U.S. dollars, you're paying people in euros, you're paying people in rupees, in foreign, I mean, all different types of uh, currencies. But that's why we have Stephen. I did it in the very beginning when there was like, you know, me and three other people. But after that, it got a little complicated. So, yeah, you bring on a professional to do all of that for you. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah. it's definitely that's a good great. move. Well, look, Angie, let me ask you one thing. Um, obviously, look, you volunteered to send the spreadsheet over. So we're going to make sure that uh, we, we badger you to get a hold of that after this. And we'll share that. What's <laughs> with all your calculations and all your leads, all of the leads that you have generated in the last six months. For sure. And in return, in return. What are you going to send me, Chris? We, we're going to do a new graphic overlay for you. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to love it. <laughs> uh, but so take us away with like one piece of advice you'd give to somebody, whether they're whether they're in an agency, right, a boutique or, or big time or their enterprise. 
uh, about sourcing to scale? What would be one, one, one little nugget of wisdom you'd have them walk away with? Yeah, I just think, you know, that at the rate that our economy is growing and the, and, and the need for hiring so many people, you just have to be creative. You know, think a little bit outside the box. You don't have to do the traditional, I own my own desk and I source full life cycle. And you can, right? It works. But if yeah. you do want to source for multiple and you have too many positions, I recommend it. You know, we tested it. We just thought, let's try it out and see how it works if we segment the teams. And again, sometimes it gets, um, it, it it just, it, it works. Uh, so I would just say, be creative and think outside the box and try something new and you'll be surprised um, at how it works. Cool. All right. Well, it's good stuff. I like that. All right. So I'm going to take us out. Uh, hang out. Hang out in the green room, Angie, because I definitely want to catch up with you a little bit afterwards. I think we've got some planning to do with um, uh, some asparagus cook-off or something like that. But maybe we'll pull Allison Cruz back for that. Yes. Uh, look, for those of you who hung in there with us uh, and st stayed on board uh, ahead, we have a new CXR lecture planned. Uh, we're bringing in Bruce Hood for that. And he's going to be talking about dealing with adversity. You can find more information on that and all of the lecture series that we've done. We launched that this year. We bring in a new professional speaker every month. We're excited about that. It's at cxr.works slash lecture. Uh, also, Book Club, which is open to absolutely anybody. We're talking about The Great Hack. Uh, it is a Netflix documentary. If you haven't seen it, dial in. You've still got time to join the meeting at cxr.works slash books. You guessed it. It was an easy one. And then sort of following in step with Angie, uh, next week on the show, Angie, we might pull you back in uh, just to chime in and put you in the green room. But we have Amy Beth Quinn, uh, whom I have known for, well, a really, really long time. Uh, but she is now the, right? Hearts. Nothing but hearts. Uh, she is now the global sourcing leader over ServiceNow. And we're going to talk about career paths for sourcers. Are they supposed to be recruiters after they're sourcers? Where do they, where do they go? Where, do, where should they not go? So she's going to bring in a methodology that they've been playing with. They shared that on our sourcing meeting last week, and it was just a big hit. So we thought it deserved a little attention. You can watch that. You can hang out with us at cxr.works slash podcast next time. Angie, thank you so much for being on the show. Jerry, thanks for jumping out of the green room. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads, and on Instagram at career xroads. We'll catch you next time.